So when we take a look at the way things broke down at the last federal election, it's sort of typical, right? We see blocks of votes across the country that fall sort of the way we typically expect them to. And there's a couple of ridings, or not ridings, but regions of the country that sort of become the turning point. You know, we we knew the Conservatives were going to sweep much of the prairies, and they did, you know, all but four uh, going Conservative. And uh, we just sort of have this regional breakdown. But that doesn't really represent the voting populace of Canada. It's much more diverse than that. So do we need to re-examine how we do things? Let's have a chat now with Colin Walmsley, who is a representative for Fair Vote Alberta and a former national councillor for Fair Vote Alberta. Colin, thank you for joining us this morning. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, taking a look at this, you know, you would think that um, Canadians are very deeply divided and certain parts of the country feel certain ways about the world and others don't. That's not an accurate representation of the voters of Canada, is it? No, not at all. I think, um, you know, you look at the election results that we had last week and you have all of Western, um, all of the rural Alberta areas, all of the rural Saskatchewan areas voted 100% Conservative MPs. Um, you look at Toronto, they voted 100% Liberal MPs, and that's not at all how those regions actually vote, and um, I think that's pretty damaging for our democracy. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, basically we're talking about first-past-the-post, and the way that that works is the entire representation of all the ridings, and as it spills into regions in our country, goes to the one person, even if they only won by one vote, all that other representation is lost, uh, because the one person yeah, exactly. ends up re- so- representing it. Yeah, exactly. So in each individual riding, one person is given 100% of the power for simply having a plurality of the vote. Um, the problem is when you multiply that over entire regions, you get these entire regions where parties aren't able to compete. And so how are the Liberals supposed to understand the issues that are important to Western Canada, um, especially rural Western Canada, if they aren't able to have members of Parliament that are in those regions? How are the Conservatives supposed to be able to understand, you know, Vancouver, Toronto, Montreal, because they don't have a single MP from any of those cities? Um, and, and, you know, I think that uh, Canadians are quite aware of the, the effects of first-past-the-post, the drawbacks of first-past-the-post that affect them individually, whether that's the fact that they feel that they have to vote strategically in order to keep right. out the candidate that they um, like the least, or whether they feel that they aren't very motivated to go and vote out at all. Um, because it's pretty obvious who's going to win in their riding. And, you know, you look at the lineups of this this past election, and they were two to three hours. Yeah. Um, but what might be a little bit less obvious are those divisions that are kind of happening over decades um, in our country between yeah. the rural areas uh, and the, the urban areas. Yeah, and it divides in two ways, right? I mean, it divides the voters and the way that they behave and the way that they react and eventually switch parties. And it also divides in the way that the party sort of focuses on where they think their representation lies and neglecting everybody else. Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah, I wrote a a CBC article um, last week kind of talking about a hypothetical voter named Paul. And Paul is a voter in rural southern Saskatchewan who typically votes NDP. Um, But despite the NDP winning about 20% of the vote in Paul's riding, they're never able to elect a member of parliament. And so what happens is that uh, the NDP caucuses in Ottawa are overwhelmingly urban, right? They they come from Toronto, they come from Montreal, they come from Vancouver. And so obviously the issues that they focus on are urban issues, the yeah. issues that are going to affect their constituents. And so somebody like Paul, he looks at the NDP and he starts to think, well, you know, it doesn't really seem like the NDP is responding to my needs anymore. Um, and so 
he looks at the conservatives who have a ton of rural MPs. He's like, look, the conservatives, they have dozens of rural MPs. It seems like they are really close to me on a lot of issues, on a lot of the issues that are important to me. And so the NDP, they lose Paul to the conservatives. The conservatives, on the other hand, because they have no urban um, member of parliament, members of parliament, they lose their traditional urban supporters to the liberals and the NDP. And so what results is that the parties, um, if they want to compete, they they really have to double down on their base support. And this results in these sort of divisive campaigns where parties are, are really appealing to their bases in order to, to, to turn out voters instead of to reach out to um, these fringe voters. And I think that uh, that's quite divisive. So if we go to proportional representation, it sounds messy. It, it really does, right? Because you our, our system's pretty clear cut. The guy who wins the riding gets the seat. Boom, off we go. Um, this sort of breaks it down a little more subtly, and we see in some places, to be fair, Colin, it can get pretty messy at times. Yeah, I mean, I think that when people point to proportional representation getting messy, they invariably point to Israel, um, which is a very very poorly designed system where even if you get 1% of the vote, um, you get someone in Parliament and you have these huge wranglings over coalitions. That's not how this would happen in Canada. Um, in Canada, we would either have a, a, a system called either um, mixed-member proportional or single-transferable vote. And these are systems that are in place in Ireland, that are in system Germany, that are in place in New Zealand. Um, and if you want to talk about stability, um, you look at Angela Merkel. Uh, I don't even know how long she was the... Yeah. Um, decades in Germany there, but certainly for my entire political lifetime. So, you know, I, I don't think that first pass uh, that, uh, proportional representation is really that messy. Um, and I think it's quite simple to understand as well. You know, if you get 50% of the vote, you get 50% of the seats. If you get 30% of the vote, you get 30% of the seats. How does it break down regionally then? I mean, because we know that there are bases of support, but like you say, I mean, all the parties have some support from coast to coast to coast. We know that. So, I mean, Mm-hmm. Does it not be geographically tied to the seats anymore at that point? Um, it depends. So there's, there's several different ways that, that uh, this could work. One way is mixed member proportional, which is pretty similar to the way that we're doing it right now, where each region elects an individual member of parliament, and then you have top-up seats. So each region elects someone, and then depending on the popular vote, you top up those seats in order to, to reach proportionality. The other major system is single transferable vote, which means you just have multi-member ridings with a ranked ballot. Uh, so out of each each riding, let's say you make two large ridings in Calgary, each that elects five members. And the first place candidate, the second place candidate, the third place candidate, the fourth place candidate, and the fifth place candidate are all elected, which means you might have three conservatives, an NDP, and a liberal. Um, and what this means is that every urban area is going to have conservative and um, progressive MPs, and every rural area is going to have conservative and progressive MPs. I see, which would ultimately be more accurate and less divisive, ultimately. Yeah, absolutely, because, you know, I do think there are a lot of um, conservative people in urban areas who might be uncomfortable um, reaching out to elected representatives who, who they didn't vote for. Sure. And the same thing in rural areas, you have progressives who might not feel very comfortable with their representation at the moment. Very interesting discussion, Colin. I think we all agree that some sort of electoral form would make sense. I mean, this is two successive minority parliaments where the governing party didn't win the popular vote. So clearly, like you're saying, some Canadians feel they're not being represented the way they should be. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And, you know, I think that 
again, with um, Canadians with electing these minority governments, I think they've, they've shown that they are actually quite comfortable with the sort of governments that proportional representation would yeah. create. You know, the, the sort of governments where parties have to cooperate, where committees actually have teeth and are able to hold the government to account. Um, those are the sort of the sort of values uh, that uh, proportional representation advocates hold dear, and I think the sort of um, things that would develop out of proportional representation. And Canadians have shown that they're comfortable with that. Yeah, I think so. Colin, great discussion. Thank you so much for your time this morning. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Appreciate you joining us. That's Colin Walmsley, who is a representative for Fair Vote Alberta and a former national councillor for Fair Vote Canada. It's an interesting discussion, and I think you know a lot of us agree that the way that we do it um, is pretty cut and dried and it's pretty clear and uh, it's easy and um, it's not quite as tricky to do. Like this listener just texted and said, would you ask him what the parliament we just elected would look like under this system? Well, it, it depends on how we decide to do it. Would it be ranked ballots? Would it be um, no geographical representation? It's just this party won this many seats, they get this many MPs. So there's different ways of doing it. Electoral reform is a huge discussion, as you know, and something that's been kicked about by some of the different parties. So exactly how it would look, I don't think you can say, well, based on the last election, if we were doing this, is how it would look. Um, but it's it's an interesting discussion, I think, especially in, a, in this part of the world, because I think a lot of Albertans feel like we vote and we send um, the Conservatives to Ottawa, um, but that's it. And we're seen sort of as outliers, right? The, the Prairies are Conservative and BC is NDP and Ontario is Liberal and it, it's it's much, much more nuanced than that, especially if you take a look at some of the writings in Alberta are extremely close. So a lot of people who have voted progressive and narrowly lost the election uh, don't have any representation in their riding and very little in Alberta and Saskatchewan. So uh, we'll see. It was something that Justin Trudeau campaigned on back in 2015. Never came to pass. Uh, will it be something we see in this new minority legislature? Wouldn't hold my breath. Uh, There's other things going on, but uh, we'll see if we can't get it back.